Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham Chapter 6 Mr. Toad It was a bright morning in the early part of summer. The river had zoomed its wanton banks, custom pace. Hot sun seemed to be pulling everything green and bushy spiking up out the earth towards him as if by streams. The mole and wood rat had been up since dawn, very busy matters connected with boats, the opening of boating season, painting and varnishing pending paddles, repairing cushions, hunting for missing boat books, and so on, were finishing breakfast in a little parlour and eagerly discussing their plans for the day, and a heavy knock standing at the door. Bother, said a rat all over egg. See how it is, mole, like a good chap since you finished. Mole went to attend summons, and a rat heard him utter quiet surprise. He flung the door upon the door open, and announced with much importance, Mr. Badger. This is a wonderful thing, indeed, that Badger would pay a formal call on them, or indeed on anybody. He generally had to be caught, if he wanted badly, as he slipped quietly along a hedgerow of an early morning, or late evening, or else hunted up his own house in the middle of the wood, which was a serious undertaking. Badger strolled heavily into the room, and stood looking at the two animals, especially full of seriousness. Rat let his egg spoon fall on the tablecloth, sat open-mouthed. The hour has come, said the Badger at last, great similarity. What hour? said the Rat, uneasily glancing the clock on the mantelpiece. Whose hour should you rather, you should rather say, replied the Badger. Why, toes hour, the hour toes, I said. We're taking him in hand as soon as the winter was over. I'm going to make him take him in hand today. The toes are of course, cried the mole, delightedly. Hooray, I remember now. We'll teach him how to be a sensible toad. This very morning, this very, this very morning, continued Badger, talking Taking an armchair, as I learned last night from a trustful resource, another new and exceptionally powerful motor car will arrive at approval or return. As this very moment, perhaps Toad is very busy arraying himself in those singularly hideous moments so dear to him, which transform him from a comparatively good looking Toad into an object object which throws any decent minded animal, comes across it into a violent fit. You must be up and doing here, as it is too late. You two animals will accompany me instantly to Toad Hall. The work of the rescue shall be accomplished. Right you are, cried the rat, starting up. We'll rescue that poor one out of me animal. We'll convert him. He'll be the most converted Toad you've ever was before when we are done with him. He set off on the road on a mission of mercy, badger leading the way. Animals, when in company, walk in a proper sensible manner, single file, says probably all across the road, being no use of support to each other in case of sudden trouble or danger. Reach the carriage drive at Toad Hall, find that Badger had anticipated a shiny new motor car, a great size painted a bright red, Toad's favourite colour, standing in front of the house. As he reared the door, when he neared the door, it was flung open. Mr. Toad, rain in goggles, cap, gaiters, enormous overcoat, came swaggering down the steps, drawing his gold on his gold gloves. Hello, come on, you fellows, he cried cheerfully on catching sight of them. You come in time 
to come me for Johnny. Oh, come on for Johnny, for Johnny, Johnny. His hearty accents faltered and fell away as he noticed a stern and bending look on his countenance. His silent friends and he had his invitation and made and finished. Toad strode up the steps. Take him inside, he said sternly to his companions. And as Toad was hustled through the door, struggling and protesting, he turned to the chauffeur in charge of his new motor car. I'm afraid you won't be wanted today, he said. The Toad has passed, changed his mind. He will not require a car. Please understand this is final. You won't need wait. He followed the others inside and shut the door. Now then, he said to the Toad, the four of them stood together in the hall. First of all, Take those ridiculous things off. Sharp, replied Toad, a great spirit. Well, there's a meaning in this straight gross outrage. I demand an explanation. Take them off, then, you two, ordered the badger briefly. They had to lay Toad on the floor, kicking and calling all sorts of names before they could get to work properly. Then the rat sat on him, and Mole got his smuggled clothes off him bit by bit. They stood him up with his legs again. Good deal of his blustering spirit seemed to have evaporated with his removal fine preliminary. Now that he was merely towed, no longer the terror of the highway, he giggled feebly and looked from one to the other, appealing quite, seemingly quite to understand the situation. You've never knew, you knew it when you'd come, come to this sooner or later, Toad. But it's plain civilian. You discarded all the warnings we've given you. We've gone on squandering the money your father's left you. You're getting us animals a bad name in the district while you're furious driving your smashes and your barrels of the police. In events, it's all very well, but we animals never allow our friends to make fools of ourselves but at a certain point. That limit you've reached. Now you're a good fellow. You're a good fellow in many aspects. I don't want to be too hard on you. I make one more effort to bring you to reason. You'll come with me to your smoking room, and you will hear some facts about yourself. We'll see whether you'll come out of the room the same toad that went in. You went in. Took fellow burned me one arm. They in the smoking room, closed the door behind them. That's so no good, said Rat contemptuously. Talking to Toad never cured him. He'd say anything. I made themselves comfortable in the armchairs and waited patiently. Through the closed door, could just hear the long, continuous drone of Badger's voice, rising, falling waves of altering. And presently they noticed the sun began to be punctuated by intervals, long drawn sobs, barely proceeding from the bosom of Toad, a soft hearted, affectionate fellow, very easily converted, a thing being to any point of view. After some three quarters of an hour, door opened and Badger appeared, appeared suddenly. Leading them and poor, very limp, dejected toad. Skin hung badly bound. His legs wobbled. His cheeks were furrowed by the tears, repentantly called forth by Badger's moving disclosure. Sit down there, toad, said Badger kindly, pointing to a chair. My friend, he went on, I am pleased to inform you, toad. My friends, he went on, I am pleased to inform you, toad is last. Seen it ever his ways. He's totally sorry for his misguided conduct in the past. He's undertaken to give me some motorcars to Tolly. However, I have some promise of that effect. That is very good news, said the rat, Mole gravely. Very good news indeed, said the rat, dubiously. 
If only, if only. You're looking very hard at Toad, who said this. Could not help thinking it perceived so vaguely resembling a twinkle in the animal's still sorrowful eye. There's only one more thing to be done, continued the gratified Badger. Toad, I want you something to repeat for all your friends here. Well, you fully admitted to me in the smoking room, that's now. First, you are sorry for what you've done, and see the folly of it all. There was a long, long pause. Toad looked desperately, displaying that, while the other animals waited in grave silence. Last he spoke, no, he said a little sullenly, suddenly, sullenly, but stoutly. Oh, I'm very sorry. Not sorry. It wasn't something at all, folly at all. Simply glorious. What? cried the badger. Greatly sensualized. You backsliding animal. Don't you tell me just, didn't you just tell me in there, in there? Oh, yes, it, yes, it did. In there, the poet told him patiently. Oh, I've said anything in there. So irrelevant, dear badger. So moving, so convincing. But put all your points so frightfully well. You can do that. You like with me in there. You know that it. But you've been searching my mind since going over things in it. And I find I'm not a bit sorry or pendant about really. So it's no earthly good saying that I am now, is it? And then you don't, didn't, we didn't, you, you, but then you didn't, don't promise, said the badger, ever to touch a motor car again. Certainly not, replied Toad fervently. Oh, the country. I faithfully promise that every moment, first motor car, I see poop, poop, golf, I go in it. Told you, didn't I? said the rat, would be to the mole. Very well then, said the rat. Said the badger, firmly rising to its feet. Since you won't yield to persuasion, I try what force can do. I feared it would come to this. All along, you often asked us free to come and stay with you, Toad. This handsome house of yours. Well, now we're going to. Now we've converted you to proper point of view. We may quit, but not before. Take him upstairs, you two, and lock him in his bedroom. While we arrange matters between ourselves. He said, it's all for your own good, Toady. It's all for your own good, Toady, you know, said the rat kindly. A toad kicking and struggling was held upstairs by two faithful friends. Think what fun we shall have together. You'll be used to it when you quite get over this. This painful attack of yours. Oh, great. Care of everything for you. Take care of great care of everything for you. So you're well, Toad, said well. But you see that your money isn't wasted as it has been. Now I'm all those regrettable instances of please, Toad, said the rat, as they thrust him into his bedroom. And no more. No more weeks in the hospital being ordered back by no female nurses, Toad, asked Eddie the Mole. Trying to turn the key on him. He ascended the stair, toad shouting abuse at them for the key on. The three friends met, they met the conference on the situation. I'll get, it's going to be tedious business, said Toad, Badger saying. I've never seen Toad so determined. However, we see it out, he must never be left an instant unguarded. We shall have to take it in turns to be with him till the poison has worked itself out of his system. They arranged watches accordingly. Each animal took its turn to sleep in turns to sleep in Toad's room at night, divided a day up between them. First Toad was undoubtedly very trying, his careful guardians. His urgent proposals visited him with arranged bedroom chairs, rude assemblance, medical, 
were crouched in the forefoot and then bent forward and glaring fixedly ahead, making a coof and ghastly noises to the climax of reach when, turning a complete somersault, he would lie prostrate amidst the ruins of the chairs, apparently completely satisfied. But then for the moment, as the time passed, the painful seizures grew gradually less frequent. His friends strove to divert his mind for channels. Interest in other matters did not seem to revive. He grew apparently languid and depressed. While on fine morning, the rat, whose turn it was to go on duty, went upstairs to relieve from Badger, whom he found fidgeting. Be off and stretched his legs in a long ramble around his wood and down his woods, uh, down his earth and barrels. Toad, Toad will still be in bed, he said to the rat. Toad will still be in be- bed, he told, told the rat, inside the uh, outside door. Can't get much out of him, he said to him. I'll leave him alone. He wants nothing, perhaps, better present. It'll be better presently. It may pass off in time. Don't be unduly anxious. And so on. Now, you look out, Brat, when, when Toad's quite submissive. And playing at being the hero for Sunday school prize, he's under his artifice. There's sure to be something up. I know him. Well, now, it must be off. How are you today, old chap? inquired the Rat cheerfully. As he approached Rat bedside, Toad bedside, he had to wait some minutes for an answer. And there's a feeble voice cried, thank you, thank you very much, Ratty. You ready? So good of you to my acquire. But first, tell me, how you got yourself and your excellent mole? Well, all right, replied Rat. Mole, he added cautiously. He's going out for a run around with Badger. Be out till luncheon time, so you and I spend a pleasant morning together. Be my best to amuse you. But jump, now jump up. There's a good fellow, and don't like moping here. And don't lie moping here on a boy morning like this. Dear kind rat, Toad, now how will you realize, realize my condition? How very far I am now for jumping up now, if ever. But no trouble, no not trouble with me. I hate being a burden to my friends. I do not expect to be one much longer. Indeed, I don't I always hope not. Well, I hope not too, said Rat heartily. You've been a fine bother to us all, all, all this time. I'm glad to hear it going to stop. And in weather like this, the boat we see just beginning. Too hot, bad for you, Toad. Isn't this trouble with mine? But you're making us miss such an awful lot. I'm afraid it's a trouble in your mind, though, replied the Toad languidly. I quite understand if it's natural enough. You're tired of bothering about me. I must ask you to do nothing any further. A nuisance, I know. You're all indeed said the Toad Rat. Well, I'll tell you, I'll make, take any trouble now for you. If only you, if only you'll be a sensible animal. If I thought of that, Ratty, murmured the Rat, Toad, more feebly than ever, then I'll beg you for the last time probably to step round to the village as quickly as possible. Even now, it may be too late. Fetch a doctor, but don't you bother. We may any trouble. Perhaps we may well let things take their course. Why, what do you want the doctor for? cried the Rat. Looking him in closer and examining him. So he lay very still and flat. His voice was weaker, and his manner was such change. Surely you've noticed of late, Toad murmured, murmured Toad. Not why should you? Those things have made any trouble tomorrow? Indeed, you may be saving to yourself. Oh, well, only you noticed that sooner. Only I had done something. But no, it's terrible trouble. Never mind. Forget it, I asked. Now, look here, old mate, 
friend, my man, said the rat, beginning to get rather alarmed. Of course I'll fetch a doctor for you. Do you really think you want him? But he can hardly be bad enough for that yet. Let's talk about something else. I I fear, dear friend, said Toad with a sad smile. You talk to, could do little in a case like this, or doctors either. But a matter still one might grasp a slightly straw. And by the way, why are you about it? And by the way, by the way I hate to give you additional trouble, but I happen to remember you passed the door. Would you mind at the same time asking the to step up? It would make, might be convenient for me. There, there are moments, perhaps. I should say there's a moment which might, one might face the disagreeable task where the cost of exhausted manager. A lawyer? Well, you not, we must be, oh, we must be really bad about frightening the rat, said himself as he hurried through the door. For the room, forgetting how to lock the door, kept behind him. Outside he stopped to consider. The other two were far away. He had no one to consult. I'll best be the bun the best safe side, he said with reflection. I'll better train straight to for no fancy Toad fancy himself frightening bad no fool. Without the slightest reason. I never heard him ask for a lawyer. With nothing really the matter. The doctor should, should will tell me he's an old ass. Clear him up. There'll be something gained. I'll better humor him go. But it's might not take very long, ran off to the village with Darren Mercy. Toad had hoped lightly out of bed. As soon as he heard a key turn in the lock, watched immediately from the window till he disappeared down the curry drive, and laughed heartily. He dressed as quickly as possible in a smart suit. He laid hands on the moment, on at the moment, at the moment, filled his pockets of cash, which he took from the stool drawer on the bedroom table. Next, knotting the sheets from his bed altogether, trying one end to put his rope round the central million of his handsome young to the window. It's formed out a feature of his bedroom. He scurmed out, slid slightly to the ground, and taking the opposite direction, the rat marched off lightheartedly, whistling a merry time. Gloomy nuts of rat and a badger mole at length returned. He had to face them at the table. Pitiful and unconvincing story. Batch caustic, caustic, not so many brutal remarks may be imagined and therefore passed over. The painful to rat, even Mole, though he took his friend's side as far as possible, could not help saying, You're a bit of a buffer this time, Rabbi. Two. Toad? Two full moments. He did it awfully well, said the crestfallen rat. He didn't do anything. He did it you did all you did you awfully well rejoined the badger. Hotly whatever however talking doesn't mend things. He got clear away for the time. A sudden worse of it, he's conceded with what we think is cleverness. He may commit any folly. But unconfidence is we're free now, we won't need waste any more of precious time doing statutory do but go. We had better continue to sleep at Toho for a while longer. Toad may be brought back at any moment, a stretcher or between two policemen. So both Badger, so spoke the Badger. No name, the Hoosier Holy Store, or how much water, how much turbid a character was to run under bridges before a Toad should sit at ease again in his astral home. Oh, Rimmer Toad, gay and responsible, was taken briskly along the railway road, some miles from home. First he'd taken by parts 
and cross many fields and change its course over times of cases for sweet. And now things when his time, safe from recapture, and sun smiling brightly on him, and all nature twining in chorus approval, for the soul was so praised that his own heart was seeing him. He almost danced along the road in satisfaction and conceit. Smart, Peter Work, he remarked to chuckle himself. Brain almost brute, gets brute force. The brain came out of the top. His man will do, poor old Ratty. My, didn't he catch it when the badger can't get back? A worthy fellow, Ratty, with many good qualities, but very little intelligence and absolutely no education. I must take him in hand someday and see if I can make some of him. Filled full of conceited faults, so to those he strode along his head in the air. So he reached the little tail, a sign of the road, sign of the red lion, swinging across the road halfway down the main street, reminded him he had not breakfasted that day. He was acidly hungry for his long walk. He marched into the inn, ordered the best luncheon, and provided so short a notice, and sat down and ate it in the coffee room. About halfway through his meal, and an only two familiar sound approaching down the street made him start with a thorn trembling all over. Poop poop draw nearer and nearer. Car could be heard and turned. The inn yard came to stop. Toad had a bit hold on to the leg of the table to steal his overmastering emotion. Presently the party entered the coffee room, hungrily talkative and gay and vulnerable, and spirits of the morning and merits of chariot. Had brought them long so well. Toad listened eagerly, all my ears. A time, at last, he could stand it no longer. He slipped out the room quietly, paid his bills at the bar. As soon as he got in outside, slotted round quietly to, to the inn yard. There can be no any harm, he said. So, in my only just looking at it, cast to the middle of the yard, quite intended. Her stable hands, the other hangers on, being all at their dinner. Toad walked slowly round it, betting, criticizing, musically. I wonder, he said to himself presently, I wonder, this old car stops easily. Next moment, hardly knowing how it came about, he found his phone, hold the handle, and was turning it as a feeling sound broke forth. The old passion seized on Toad, completely mastered him, body and soul. With a dream, he found himself somehow seated on the driver's seat. If it's a dream, he pulled the lever, swung the car round the yard and out through the archway. And if in a dream all sense of right and wrong, all fear of obvious consequences seemed temporarily suspended, increased his pace as the car devoured the street and let forth the high road through the open country. He was only consciousness that he was once towed once more, towed his best and highest, towed the terror, the traffic of Krenna, the Lord alone's trail, before whom all would thus give way or be smited in nothingness and everlasting night. Chanted as if he flew, car responded with sonorous drone. Miles he did not under him, he spread the knots, not whither, fulfilling his instinct, living his tale, reckless of what might come to him. To them, my mind, as though the chairman of the bench of magistrates, Carefully, the only difficulty that presents itself is otherwise very clear piece. And now we can possibly make it significantly hot. We encourage a rogue and rough, hard roughing, whom we see carrying the dock between us. Let me see. He had been found guilty of the clearest evidence. First, a stealing of edible motor car, 
Second, you're driving and staying draining Jack. And finally, a gross impertinence to the rural police, Mr. Clark. Will you please? Will you tell us, please? Well, there's a very stiffest penalty we impose for every each of these offences. That, of course, giving a prisoner the benefit of any doubt, because there isn't any. Clark scratched his nose with his pen. Some people consider his uh, seeing a medical was the worst offence, and so it is. But checking the police undoubtedly carries, checking the police carry undoubtedly carries worse severe penalty, and so is art. Alt. Supposing you were to say twelve months. For the theft, which is mild at three years for the first driving, is lenient at fifteen years for cheek, which was a pretty bad sort of cheek, judging by what we heard from the witness box. If only you believe one tenth of what we you heard, I better believe more. I have never believed more myself as those figures added together and correctly stood up nineteen years. First rate, said Chairman. So you better make it to round twenty. He is on the safe side, concluded Squirt. An exit suggestion, said Chairman. Opponent, really. Prisoner, pull yourself together, try and stand up straight. I'm going to be 20 years due this time, and mind if you appear before me as again, and upon any charge, whether we shall have to deal with you very seriously. Then the brutal minions of the law fell upon the hapless toad, loaded him with chains and dragged him to courthouse. Shrieking, praying, protesting across the marketplace where the playful politics always as severe on detected crime as were they were sympathetic and helpful when one is merely wanted, assailed him with cheers, carrots, poplar cash words, pass hooting, school children, and innocent faces lit up, pleasure ever devised from the slight of gentlemen and difficulties across the hollow sounding drawbridge. Below the spiky portcullis, under the frowning archway, the grim old castle, whose ancient towers soared high overhead, past gold rooms full of grinning soldiery, off duty past sentries who coughed a horrid, sophistic way, because it is much of a century which past dared to do to oppose, to show his contempt, promise for the crime. A patrol worn winding stairs, past men at arms in cusket and pursuit. The steel darting threatening looks through their vassals, across courtyards where mastiffs stride in their teeth. A poor the air will get him. Most agent will ever him past Agent Wooden's ever held breeds, leant against a wall, dozing over a pasty, flagging a blown ear. Down and on, past the rap chamber, the fruit stool room, past the trickling of the lead, lead to the private scaffold, till they reached the door of the grimmest dungeon, and lay in the heart of the innermost keep. This was the last they paused, when a mighty gold jailer sat pinging a punch of, of mighty keys. Oh, Botkin, said the son, please, taking off his helmet and wiping his false head. Rouse thee, old loon. And take over the, from us this vile toad, at Colonel Fire, Epis Gilt, and match this out from us. Myself watch and ward him, for they have all thy skill. Mark thee well, great beard. Should a dot and it on wolf if thou, thy own head shall answer this, his. 
and Miriam on both of them. The general nodded grimly, laying his withered hand on the shoulder of the middle toad. The rusty key creaked in the lock, and a great door clanged behind them. Toad was helpless prisoner. The motive dungeon on best guarded keep the state of castle in all the length of breadth of merry England. <laughs>